I have seen God do wonders. I have seen him take bondage and turn it into freedom. Whether it is the bondage of the human soul or whether it is a physical bondage that someone has, I have seen him heal. I have seen him heal the incurable. I have seen him heal the blind eyes. I have seen it. I have perceived it. I know it is real. I know that he does these things. I know that he is God. And even after all these years, even after seeing miraculous things more than I can count and even remember. I still find the enemy at my door. I still find him there like a lion waiting for its prey, ready to lie, ready to lie, ready to deceive. And sometimes I even catch myself listening for a moment. You see, brothers and sisters, this is the unfortunate reality that I want to share with you today is that you can see the things that God has done and I want you to and you need to see that he is good because he is taste and see that the Lord is good. But don't think that when you've tasted and saw that he is good, that the enemy is going to stop trying. You know, so often I still find the enemy coming with bad reports. Whether it is from something that's happening in our life, a situation, whether it is a report from a doctor that just told you that your life is about to fall apart or whether it's report from whatever it is, a career boss that you're no longer working for them, whatever the bad report is, it can be in the physical or it can even be something that is going through your mind evil thoughts, unclean thoughts that are not of God, thoughts that inspire fear and worry, anxiousness, suicide, depression. These things are ploys of the enemy. They are not just how you are and what you are. They are not always your own thoughts. But very often they are from outside, from that lion waiting at the door for you, throwing you some bait, hoping you'd come out to take it. And when you come out to take it, he's ready for the catch. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to be so mindful because the enemy will come with bad reports of all kinds. And the same thing happened to Israel. When they went just before they went into the promised land, this promise of God. God promised them something that they will inherit it. And then as they come before it, they see a bad report come. The bad report says there are giants in the land and you will die if you enter. What about your family? What about your people? They're all going to die if you enter this land that is necessary to go through to get to the promise of God. So what did they do? They believed it. They simply had a mental ascension of belief and saying, we believe this bad report and we are afraid. 
They did it out of fear. Something we think is we think of fear as being an innocent thing. Sometimes fear is not an innocent thing when it comes from Satan. But they thought, oh, well, we're afraid we and they put the promise of God on the shelf. And then God said, you know what? You don't trust me. You know what? You think that my promise is void. You think that my word is not valuable and heavy. You'd rather put your trust in the words of men or in the words of even Satan himself or in these thoughts that you have. You rather trust in your feelings, your fears above what I have promised you. And then God removed himself from their midst. Because where there is fear of other things, there is a lack of fear of God. Because if you had the fear of God in you, you wouldn't have space for fearing anything else. Because what you fear, you give power. You fear those other things, you give it power in your life. And oh, if, those, if you do that, those things will rule over you. They will take root in you. But if you fear God, his promises will rule in your life. His blessings will rule in your life because you trust him because you have a fear of him that is godly and good. But if you fear other things, you're really saying, I don't have enough fear of God. Therefore, I'm afraid of other things, because if you truly knew God and were and had a fear of him, you would know that if God is for you, nothing is against you. Nothing can come against you. Nothing can come against his promises over your life. Nothing can take that away from you. No doctor, bad note, no, no bad report of any kind, no matter what it is. God's word is the lost word, brothers and sisters. And so Israel, they turned around and they said, we can't go into this promised land because there's giants in the land. Their towers are stretching into the heavens. That's how tall their buildings are. We don't stand a chance. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Can you imagine that? In the physical scene, people as tall with castles basically stretching into the clouds and you need to go through their land and you're like a grasshopper in their sight. God expected them to not be swayed by anything they saw, including that very thing, which seems like such a fearful thing. Did our fear of God needs to be greater because what happened when they turned around there and said, God, we can't do this. God said, all right, if you don't want me in your midst, I won't be in your midst. And then Israel turned around. They said, no, but God, what do you mean? Okay, God, you know what? We'll go in. And God said, it's too late, Israel. You already threw me out. You already trusted other things. You already ate the bad report. You already took the bite. And now do not go into this land, because if you do, I am not with you and you will be devoured by the enemy. And then they went in anyway. And as they went in, they came back running. They were overcome and defeated because they didn't trust God. Brothers and sisters, trust God because your lack of trust can mean the end of you. Listen to me. Your lack of trust in God can be the end of you because when you do not trust him, you give power to that bad report you fear. When you don't fear him, you fear other things and you give it power over your life. You are basically telling the enemy enemy. 
You have authority because God has no power. He has no authority. He can't save me. So then that moment you have given Satan authority over your body and he will take that that opportunity. We need to be so careful about what enters our minds. We think that it is a small thing to have a thought. You see, it's okay to have a thought, but it is what you do with the thought that matters. And if what you do with that thought is that you do not take it captive, it will take captive you. You see the difference? God says in the scriptures, take every thought captive. Take it captive. It doesn't say you're not going to have it. It doesn't say you're only going to have good thoughts. No, but it says you take every single thought captive. You evaluate it. You see, is this thought from God or not? Is its fruit good or bad? And if it is bad, you throw it out, reject it, you rebuke it. And you hold on to the words of your father. His words are words of freedom, not anxiety. He has words that do not bring bondage. He has words that break chains, a words of purity, words that inspire calmness and peace. You know, brothers and sisters, not long ago, I had a thought come to me saying, PD, you know what? You're going to die. Something is going to happen to you really bad soon because I had symptoms of something and, and these thoughts came. You're going to things are going to go wrong. You're going to get really sick. And it was like a death sentence over me. These thoughts, that's how heavy thoughts can become when we give them even a glimpse of authority, a little bit of place in our minds. They take root instead of the moment them coming and throwing them out. We allow them and even for a second. Oh, then they run in, they flood in and then depression and stress and worry and all these other things start setting in. And then as I was standing, I heard the father. I saw a vision of him coming next to me and he said, Petey, I have commissioned you to bring freedom to the bondage. Why would I put you back in bondage? Why would I put you in bondage if I want you to be someone who brings freedom? I did not come to the earth to put people in bondage. Because so many teach and think that Yeshua or God wants people sick and in bondage. Well, if he did, then Yeshua worked against his father when he healed every single person who came to him. But he didn't say that. He says, I only do what I see my father do. And he never turned anyone down who came to him for any kind of bondage that they had. Physical, emotional spiritual, whether it was demonic uh, oppression or whatever it was, he said, go and wash yourself in the pool. He said, get up, rise and walk. He said, go in peace. Your faith has healed you. He never said anything besides for that to those who came to him. And I want to submit to you that God doesn't change. He doesn't change the way he does things. He doesn't change his mind about the promises he spoke over your life. 
If he has spoken promises over you and blessings over you, if he has spoken freedom over you, will that word not stand no matter what you feel? Will that word not stand no matter what the report is? Will that word not stand no matter what is lying at the door waiting? You see, the enemy can lie outside the door and wait for me to take his bait. But this his mere presence doesn't mean that I'm going to die. It simply means I got to trust in the father. It simply means that the real lion, the lion of Judah is the one I put my trust in instead of the counterfeit Satan who masquerades as a lion, but he's a little scaredy cat, a cat that is scared. He is not a ferocious lion like our father. He acts bigger than he is. He acts like he has got more power than he has. Why are we so afraid of him, brothers and sisters? Why are we so afraid? Why do we have fear of things of this world? Because it is a facade. It is something like an oasis. It is not a real thing. What is real is your father and his kingdom. That is more real than anything in this world. And the bad reports of the enemy aren't real. They only become real when you start feeding them more and more and more and you make them your reality because there is no other reality that you see. You say, Father, I don't see you helping me. And you thereby cut off God's hand from helping you, even though he would have delivered you. Don't be that one. Don't be the one that is sick and sees the Messiah walk in your midst. Yet say, oh, he can't do anything for me. Be the one like the blind man. Who said, Father, Father Yeshua, is this that you? Is, is this the Messiah walking in my midst? And the people told him, Hey, be quiet. Be quiet. Because he's screaming, Yeshua, Jesus, is that you? Can you hear me? Is that you? Deliver me. And, and everyone's like, Shh, be quiet. But even the disciples, be quiet. And Yeshua said, Wait, 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 wait a second. He's calling my name. He wants me to help him. And he walks up to the man. And he heals him. Or will you be the one who just keeps quiet even though he walks right past you? Because fear is devouring you. And that fear you take more pleasure in. That fear you give more authority to. That fear you give more attention to than your father. You see, if you don't have the word of God in you, brothers and sisters, you will walk by feelings because you will think your feelings are truth. If you understood what truth was, and that the only way you're going to know that is by being in his word every single day for long periods of time, not a two minute Bible study. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about really immersing yourself in his word. If you don't do that, if you don't get that to get the truth inside of you, how will you know what is true or not when these thoughts come? How will you know when you have feelings, whether they're from God or not, if you don't even know what truth is because you don't have truth in you? You will then think all your feelings are true, even though about half of them are not. Brothers and sisters, come to the Father of lights, the one who brings good reports, peace and freedom. And let him fill your mind with his voice, because that is the place of true deliverance and freedom. And when we have that, nothing else, no perils of this life, nothing else can touch us. Nothing else. And yes, I'm not saying things aren't going to be hard sometimes. I'm not saying there's not going to be trust. I'm not saying there's not going to be tribulations. There will be. 
But if you have him, nothing else matters. If you have him, you will be carried through your to your promised land. He will carry you through the land of the giants. You won't even have to set a foot on the ground or lift your blade because he will fight for you. You only need to trust him and walk through the land. Let him pick you up. Let him carry you and bear you on eagle's wings. But let him do that. I hope that this short message has blessed you and encouraged you. I know a lot of you are going through hard things. I don't have I haven't heard about anything necessarily specific, but I know in my spirit the Father has shown me, given me a burden in my heart that there's many of you who's gonna watch this, who this is gonna mean something for, and I want to profess over you that the promises of God and the hand of God is not short from you. It is not unproclaimed over you, it has been proclaimed and it will be fulfilled. Let God do what he does. He is God. And let you do what you do. And that is to humble yourself before him. Humble yourself before him and he will exalt you out in the open. May God bless you and keep you. Shine his face upon you. Lift up his counts upon you. Give you shalom and blessing. And I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week. Shalom. (laughs) 